it's nice to like branch out and I get it from their perspective of they want to be able to see themselves in a character and like you know see a whole cool fantasy book that features people of color and I don't blame them yeah I agree you know everyone should be able to see themselves in a book or a film Welcome back to Family Fiction with Hallie and Carmen. So on today's episode, you could tell by the title, we are discussing Bookstagram and Book Talk. But we do have a very special guest coming on today. Uh, my friend Liz that I work with on MuggleNet is coming on. Uh, she'll be on in just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, we're really excited. Yeah, so excited. But let's go ahead with our currently reading. So Hallie, what are you currently reading? So I'm currently reading two different things. Um, the first thing is... I am currently reading Hell's Paradise, Volume 8. I'm trying to finish it. And it's really good to get back into this story because I realized how much I loved it. Um, And then I'm also making my way through Gallant by V.E. Schwab. And very, very creepy. What are you currently reading? I'm currently reading Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I was supposed to have it done by now. It hasn't happened. Me neither. (laughs) The show came out today, and I wanted so badly to watch it. I was hoping I was far enough into the book to watch the first episode, but the episode started, and it looks like it's going to be bouncing a little bit, and so I kind of have to read the whole book. So, yeah, that's where I'm out with it. But so far, it's really good. The um, layout of it is like it's interviews, so it's not like a regular book. It looks like interviews. Mm, You know what that kind of reminds me of? is yeah you know what that reminds me of so there was this book trilogy that i read it was a long time ago it was the illuminate files trilogy by amy kaufman and jay kristoff i believe and it was not a regular book it was told through like interviews group chat security camera footage um medical files reports all these different things even interviews i believe and it was really interesting to read, really hard to follow, but I'm sure that's probably not hard to follow. No, so far it's really good. I mean, they're they're going in perfect chronological order, and each chapter isn't, like, labeled chapter one or whatever. It'll say, like, the forming of the band, 1976 to 1977 or whatever. Yeah. Um. So it gives you chronological order, and it's almost told i feel like i'm reading something off a of rolling stone or something it's really cool oh okay that's pretty cool and it looks like in the beginning of the episode they started out with interviews too um fun 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 okay so um looks like liz might be joining us oh hi hi <laughs> i was sw- i switched to my headphones because i thought that would like work better and i guess Zancaster did not like that and then I forgot to replug in the speakers like the dits I can beat so <laughs> I, I was trying to set it up to where Hallie and I could use my bluetooth uh earbuds and my laptop like I use my earbuds on my laptop all the time but for whatever reason today they just didn't want to work so here we are oh, love when that happens technology is a beast and I hate it <laughs> So everyone, welcome Liz to the podcast. Hi everyone. <laughs> so just to restate, Liz is my work bestie on MuggleNet. We talk about all things non-Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
we talk about, you know, good old H2O. We've got House of Anubis and just all books. Always books. So much books. <laughs> yes. Love the books. And lots and lots of H2O. So I just rewatched it again and I was like, wow, this show, it does not get old. <laughs> so as we talked about earlier, we're going to be talking about Bookstagram and Book Talk. Um, so we were going to give our March TBRs and I think Liz might have hers prepared. I do. I have one. Yeah. Do you want to go first or do you want us to go first? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I broke mine into genre, if that's at all helpful, because of all the genres I read. <laughs> I guess I can I can start if you want. I, ha- I had to pull up my Instagram post because I didn't remember everything that I put down. Um. <laughs> I do that too. I have to pull up like to remember, okay, that was when we were doing our wrap-up last week I had to when I was prepping it I was like okay I gotta pull up my Instagram post because I don't remember what I read right I'm like pulling up Goodreads and I'm like okay what does it say I've done since the last month (laughs) um so since you are today's guest you can go first if you would like okay all right so for Marge I have two books I need to finish that I started last month that's Holly always (laughs) I'm like I started both of these and then just like got absorbed with others. Um, so Whispering Dark, which I have like ver- uh, digitally through Libby. And I usually read at night, like after my husband and I are in bed. Um, and the book's kind of spooky and talks about shadows moving. And so that hasn't been great for me to read at night in the darkened bed. <laughs> um, and then Pretties, the second book in the Ugly series by Scott. Westerfield. I actually just like read another 100 pages of that before this. <laughs> so I'm getting there. Let's see what else is on my TBR. Uh, romance books. I have The Breaks Between You and Me, which is an arc I have to read. And All That You Are, which is another arc that I have to read. <laughs> all the arcs all the time. I technically have this other one on here, my other half, but I actually DNF'd that today at 25%. So, oops. Oops. Um, And then I have my horror thrillers. Um, I'm venturing more into it because I've pretty much only ever read Stephen King. So I'm trying to find some other authors. Um, So I'm going down the Hendrix route and I'm reading My Best Friend's Exorcism and Horror Store which is like about a haunted Ikea, which just sounds awesome. Ooh. See, ter- <laughs> see couch moving? <laughs> well, so like I got it from my library. It's been sitting like waiting to be read. And the book looks like an Ikea like catalog. It's really cool. <laughs> Dang. That, okay. <laughs> Might be getting added to my Amazon cart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have The Game by um who is that by Lindsay Miller which is a YA thriller that looked fun so I got it from Libby and I'm like all right let's do it and then for fantasy I need to read chaos and flame which is a physical arc I have to read for MuggleNet that I keep forgetting about but it comes out this month so I need to read it (laughs) that was me like when I got the uh bone spindle I was like okay we've got to read like 
I did not prepare prepare this to be on my TBR, but I've got to get it done because it comes out. Right. Yeah, I tried to look ahead at my book Notion because that's how I keep track of like the reviews, like the arcs I have on NetGalley as I use a Notion or I'll say I can't keep track. <laughs> that is what I have to read. It's, what is that? Five, six, seven, eight, nine books and I've already DNF'd one. So... <laughs> We're going strong. Um, how do you want to go next? Okay, so I may be shooting a little bit, but um, one of these books, it may take me a whole month to read it because of how big it is. Oh, yeah. Um, and that is The Priory of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Um, will I be able to read this in a day like some people? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but... Um, I've been really wanting to read it. And then I also have For the Wolf by Hannah Witten. And it's almost like a Red Riding Hood retelling. And the only reason I got it was because my mom said, ooh, that cover's pretty. And I bought it anyways. And plus it also sounded really good. So I got it. Next I have When Stars Come Out by Scarlett St. Clair. Um, Ooh. I bought it again because it sounded really interesting, and you don't have it. No, it's that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that too wrote A Touch of Darkness. I yes. was trying to think. Okay. Yes. And then I also, this one is kind of a reread for me, and that is Furyborn by Claire Legrand. Um, I started King's Bane, which is the second book, and never finished it, but I wanted to get back into it, and so I'm going to reread Furyborn, and I know I'll enjoy it because I loved Furyborn. It was so good. And then I also need to finish Gallant. And I also need to finish all my manga that I had planned for January and still have not gotten to it. But I do have my spring break, so surely a lot of stuff will get read. Yeah. So jealous. I wish, like, adult work life had a spring break. (laughs) Right? Can I have an adult spring break or can I just call going to the Taylor Swift concert on a Friday my adult spring break? That's yes, a whole spring break. That is something else to mention. Liz is getting you're you're going on opening night, right? Yeah, I get to go opening night and see Paramore and Gail. Okay, we have Gail and Phoebe Bridgers. Brid, Bridgers, Bridges. Oh my god. Um, I'm so jealous of Paramore. I just um, but yes, Liz is get has tickets to Taylor Swift too this year, so we're both gonna be on the Swifty train this year. Where I somehow survived that ticket sale. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. Um, okay, so I guess I'll give my TBR. So I have um Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Never read it. We're gonna give it a whirl. It's a very popular series. Oh so gosh, I'm yeah. Kind of excited. Um I have a very random book in my TBR that I got a one of my coworkers <laughs> one of my coworkers had brought me like a box of books she cleaned out from her garage and this was in there and I wasn't getting rid of it and it is Wildcats in the House by Steve Russo and it's like a like a I think I guess it's like a Christian look on high school musical and I'm just so interested to see what it says. Okay, 
So there's a book there's a book version that's great. There's a movie version called Sunday School Musical that we rented from Blockbuster back in the day. <laughs> it it was awful and then we forgot about it for like months. And then my dad went to rent something at Blockbuster and we had like so many late fees due on that weird high school musical thing and I was like I am so sorry, Father. I don't even know where that is. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> I feel like I need to find that now. Um, so I also have I Choose Myself by Deep T. Vimpati, which is the girl from Love is Blind. Yes. And then I have Trick Mirror by Gia Tolentino, and it's like a collection of essays. Um, but my one of my favorite shows of all time was The Bold Type, and my favorite character was Jane, and she mentioned reading that book, and I was like, okay, that's all I needed to add that to my TBR. Um, and then I'm rereading Chain of Gold by Cassandra Clare, and reading for the first time Chain of Iron and Chain of Thorns by Cassandra Clare. Chain of Thorns is the one that just came out, right? Yes, and they, like, just added it to my Libby. Nice! Um... And then I'm reading Shane, uh, excuse me. I'm reading Realm of Shadows and Flame by B.L. Talley. Um, her and I are friends on TikTok. And so her book came out and it looks so good. So I'm reading it. She actually just announced the second one. So I can't wait for that one to come out. Um, and then I'm currently reading Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid, um, which is so good so far. And the show came out today. I was telling Hallie, but I couldn't watch it. Because I think it bounces back and forth a little bit. And I was hoping that I had like read enough of the book to watch the first episode. <laughs> and that didn't happen. I just want to watch Sam Claflin with a guitar singing. So something we have started doing with new guests is this interview. Which you said you listened to the Enneagram one. So you probably know some of the questions we're going to ask. All of the questions we're going to ask. Yeah. Um, um, so what has your reading journey been? Like what age did you start reading and you know what books got you into reading? Oof. Okay. Um I mean I don't remember a time when I wasn't reading. Like I I feel like I read a lot of the typical kids stuff like Judy B. Jones and Diary of a Wimpy Kid and like all that. Um but like the first series I actually remember following like as a youth was called my secret unicorn about a girl whose pet horse in this magical clearing turned into a unicorn um because i was a bit of a horse girl so yeah there was that and then like harry potter happened i i was very adamant that i would not like harry potter like i refused to read it um and then my older sister gave me a copy and she's like no you'd like it and I was like, all right, fine. And she was right. I liked it. <laughs> and here I am now over a muggle net with you. <laughs> and I, I do stuff with another Harry Potter themed website. And I do stuff with Speak Beastie, the Fantastic Beasts podcast. <laughs> so clearly Harry Potter just didn't stick at all. No, definitely not. Um yeah, I mean, up through, like, high school, I was reading, like, three or four books a week, and I did a lot of reading, and college kind of ruined reading for me, because, like, I'm an anthro major, so I had to do so much reading, 
Like, so then I didn't want to read in my free time anymore. And after finishing grad school in 2021, I've tried to refind that, uh, which is part of why, like, I made my bookstagram and I'm like trying to refine my place as like a 25 year old now reading again. Cause like all of my authors don't publish books anymore or like they don't publish books that I want to read cause they did like middle grade books. And like, so it's been fun to like find what I do and don't like now. Cause I would just devour nearly anything as a kid. And now I'm just like so much more picky, which maybe that's a good thing with how long the TBR is getting, but I understand. <laughs> I guess I guess that's my journey. So this next question has three different parts. So um, it's favorite genre, author, and book. So what is your favorite genre? Ooh, okay. I think it's a tie between contemporary romance and thrillers because that's like pretty that's what I'm mostly reading right now and like what catches my attention most often yeah yeah um and then authors okay oh god there's so many um well, right off the bat, I guess Allie Hazelwood with all of her STEM-themed contemporary rom-coms. That book was reading The Love Hypothesis for the first time. Like, it was like this time last year. Really, like, kick-started my, like, coming back to reading, if I'm being honest. It was, like, the first book I had read in a long time that just, like, I devoured it in, like, a day. And then I immediately wanted to reread it. I... It's wild. I didn't realize I could, like, get that excited or be that, like, invested in a book again. So, like, that was really – it was a nice feeling. Um, uh, I guess in sticking in that vein, Jen DeLuca does Renaissance Fair-themed romance books, and that's really fun. Um, They all, like, work or are affiliated with a little Renaissance Fair, and it's super cute. Uh, She's also – a local author to me. She also lives in Arizona, which is really fun. So I like see her at like book events. I feel like those are the big two right now. And then in terms of like thriller stuff, I've been getting back into Sarah Shepard, the author of Pretty Little Liars. Um, She's put out a lot of interesting new mystery stuff recently. Um, Like Wait For Me that I reviewed on the MuggleNet book trolley. Um, I've been enjoying that. I'm thinking I'm going to really enjoy Grady Hendrix, but I haven't gotten to start one of the books yet. So maybe that's presumptuous of me. Maybe I'll hate them. I don't know. (laughs) I think that's where I'm at as I rediscover. Oh, uh, Laura Taylor Namey. She does like more YA stuff, but I really like everything from her I've read on. The When We Were Them and A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow, which is going to be a movie soon with Kit Connor. And that's going to be so cute. And I guess I'd be lying if I said John Green wouldn't always be on the list because, like, he just can't. I read Turtles all the way down for the first time last summer because I was like, I should probably finish reading his catalog. 
And I was like, sir, you have no business making me cry this way. Yeah, I, I think that would be my list right now as I'm like still dabbling. Um, so do you have a favorite book of all time? Uh, <laughs> let, let me double check what I have listed as my top tiers on Goodreads. Because I made like a whole thing for the books that will like forever just be like a top tier for me. Let's see what's in the list right now. Okay, well, so I guess if I start like pseudo small, my favorite Harry Potter book is Half-Blood Prince. Um, as like a kid, probably my favorite book was The Compound by essay, uh, I think it's Bodine, Bodin. Um, and that one's just like a post pseudo apocalyptic thriller where this kid and his family are underground in this bunker and he's been told by his dad that you know the world is like gone from like atomic bombs um and he finds out that that isn't true and he like gets an internet connection and starts talking to his twin who he was told like died in all of this but his twin's alive above ground and is like yeah no there's nothing wrong um that was always a good one um and double identity by margaret peterson haddix was a favorite as a kid about a girl who was cloned but she didn't know she was a clone but like as an adult i think the love hypothesis is definitely on the list um even though i'm only like 30 percent of the way into the whispering dark i think it's gonna be on the list because that was a book i was really excited for and it's already like beating all of my expectations so i think that'll be on the list um and like most recently like my only five star read of this year so far is curated by nelly wilson she's an indie author um and it's a love story about a historian and a geologist or no sorry he's a paleontologist which like to me is cute like I'm an anthropologist and my husband's a geologist. So it's just cute to me. And it, it was super cute. So so I think I think that's the best explanation there is that division. Um, so what was the last book that you read? Let's see. Okay. Um, the last book that I finished was All Downhill With You uh, by Julia Olivia. It's the start of a rom-com series that takes place at an amusement park called Honeywood. And the first book is like a grumpy sunshine enemies to lovers because she's like suing this guy. Even better. Oh, I mean, she's like technically suing his company, but you know, semantics, right? <laughs> Honestly, that just like the premise of that sounds like one of the, the what's the new book genre everybody's been talking about on TikTok, like the cozy fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm very hopeful though that cozy fantasy will help like break my fantasy like reading slump because I picked up Legends and Lattes and I really like the sound of it. So <laughs> I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> um. So this next one is, what's the last book you read that left a mark? Oof. Okay. Um, 
Um, I think that's going to be Dark Room Etiquette by Robin Rowe, which I read that like last fall. But I still think about it all of the time because rather than just be a traditional thriller of someone is kidnapped and like we're with them during that kidnapping scene, you know, while they're away um, and then it ends right when they're saved, we get like all pieces of the puzzle. So we get like a before, the during, and then a really significant chunk of after like after the um, person that was kidnapped is rescued and like how they handle the aftermath of that. And I think it's just a really great portrayal of men's mental health and PTSD and how it's just overlooked, especially in young people that experience traumatic events. And it's just one that I think about a lot. Um, Who is your favorite character and why? Oof. Okay. Hmm. I think I am going to go with Cammie Morgan from the Gallagher Girls series by Allie Carter. Um, Because I just, I wanted to be her growing up. Like, she's this, like, really cool teen that goes to a school for spies. And, like, they're dubbed as, like, a girl's private boarding school. Like, they're all elite snobs, but they're actually just, like, CIA agents in training. Yeah, just I reread the first book of that series recently because the author is coming out with an adult spy book um, like a week before my birthday. And I was like, that means it's time for a reread. Just as a character as a whole, she's really well written and she's relatable and realistic in all the best ways, right? Because as much as I love like Katniss and Luna Lovegood, there's always something about them that just isn't relatable because, right, they're in a dystopian world or they're in this fun little magic community. Like, it's not unreasonable that there is a boarding school training up young spies somewhere. It's probably not in the U.S. Um, it's probably in another country. But <laughs> it's like, it's not unreasonable. And I like the realm of possibility of it. And I don't know. Definitely a comfort character there too. So getting into today's like main discussion. Um, so we kind of just want to talk about like, we've got some different topics written down that just to discuss about books or and book talk. Um, so you and I had both done um, rating scales. Well, let me preface this. So Liz and I both have a bookstagram and you have a book talk as well. And so do I. And Hallie has a book talk. So, you know, we're, all, sorta. we're all just out here, you know, trying to be influencers. <laughs> and um, so Liz and I have both posted rating scales. So I think this is something that, like, a lot of people kind of think of overall, but they don't think in specifics. Like, somebody may really hate a book, and I give it, like, a four out of five and they're like why did you rate it that high but everyone has their own scale of how they would rate a book and what criteria they meet to get to that book um and also everyone has different tastes right yeah um but when I remember when you had posted that I was like okay I texted you and I said I'm stealing this because this is actually a really good point to bring up for people like because I tend to be very bad about 
I notice I give a lot of books four out of five or five out of five. I don't give a lot of books below four. And I kind of started to think about that. I was like, you know, I feel like I'm not being specific enough, but it's, I mean, if a book reaches these specific criteria for me, it's getting a five out of five. Well, it's such an interesting topic, right? And that's something going around on book talk right now because of that one video where someone's like, people need to be more frugal with their four and five stars and like complaining that people should like follow the star system that Goodreads used to have, like when you hovered. And I'm like, why take someone's joy in that way? Like, if you want to rate all your books three stars, you go right ahead. But like, maybe you should find a book that you actually want to give five stars to. Like, that's... Exactly. I can't help if I like every book I read. (laughs) Exactly. And that goes back to the point that everyone has different tastes. And if one per, This is another thing that gets me going. Is if one person really likes a book and everybody else hates it, they crap over on that one person. Exhibit A, Light Lark by Alex Astor. There were so many people that loved that book and everyone else hated it and would bash the creators that loved that book. Like, for example, Caven got bashed because she loved Light Lark. I liked Light Lark. I did too. I thought it was good. And yeah, I just, which that's something else we're going to get into a little bit later too. But yeah. like, yeah. by all means, was it the best book on the planet? No. But it it all comes down to what people's taste in books. That's really what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think Light Lark's a great example, too, of, like, not just the taste issue, but also, like, the the parasocialness that has kind of started in the book talk community, right? Because a lot of people were upset that she was marketing it as, like, her first book when, like, it's not her first book and that's okay. Um, and, like, people were just upset about how it was marketed or, like... That there was all the TikToks all the time from her about it. And I think that, like, spoiled a lot of people's perceptions of the book before they ever read it. So then you go looking for things that are wrong. Um, That's what a lot of people did. Which I will say something that that kind that what you had just talked about is kind of starting to get on my nerves because she's always on my For You page. And I'm like, Alex, please, for the love of goodness, please post about something else. Because every single post I see from her is when everyone bashes your book, but it's getting turned into a TV show or whatever. And it's every single post. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's move on. Yeah, and I'm all for authors marketing their books and like using TikTok trends to market their books like I think that's great because that's how I found a lot of indie authors and books that I want to read but I just Alex I just need some different text because you use she uses like the same text in like every single TikTok and I'm just like I need something a little like spice it up a little you know but maybe that goes back to some of the criticisms like I've seen of her book. Uh, maybe that tracks because I've seen a lot of people that their big thing that they didn't like was her descriptions of things and stuff in her book that she always uses 
it was a yoki thing or it was a blue thing. So maybe maybe that's connected. Yeah. That's what I pointed out. I actually pointed that out when we were down here and I was like yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, I can kinda understand why people are annoyed at this. And um well, cause we did a twenty four hour readathon at my house. And we both were reading that book at the same time. And Hallie, that was one thing Hallie immediately pointed out was I don't like, it feels like lazy adjectives. It's also goes with the same point of, um, you're going to hate me for bringing this up. Um, when Jennifer L. Armentrout used the same names for some of her characters, but they were just spelled differently. (laughs) It's just a matter of, in certain situations, like when it comes to describing things, I'm not asking for you to be overly descriptive and telling me what every single inch of this person looks like or thing, but at least take some creative liberties and explain things and describe things without over-explaining. Yeah, but part of that's on, like, the editors, too, right? Because, like, it's not just... It's not just the authors, right? It's on the editors to be like, hey, maybe we should change the language up here. Yeah, and that's where everybody, like with Jennifer, everyone's been really confused if she has an editor. I don't think she does. As the books have progressed, the grammatical errors have gotten like Mm. significant. So with Instagram, I know like there's a thing that people say of like, don't compare your page to other people's pages, which is hard to do because some people's pages like look so good and they've got so many followers. So it's hard to do. Um, But going along those lines, everybody kind of does book reviews differently. Um, And so do you ever feel like you're, I don't I tend to do a book review and then I just kind of give like a quick little paragraph but then, like, I'll see some of my favorite bookstagrammers, and they're given, like, a whole template thing that has, like, the whole review. And so, like, do you ever feel like, a whole essay. like your book reviews aren't enough? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I definitely have felt, especially when I started, that I may not have been including, been including enough. Like, with the romance ones, I've added in, like, a little thing about tropes. Right, because people like to read based on tropes and like their favorite tropes. So I felt like, and I saw a lot of other creators do that, and I was like, that feels like a good thing to add in. Um, I guess part of it too is like when I write reviews, I can like go so specific into like a single thing that I either really liked or really didn't like. And at the end of the day, when I think about Instagram and, like, what it is, I know people aren't just sitting there reading the entire caption. So I feel silly, like, putting a multi-paragraph review in the caption. Like, I feel silly even doing it with blurbs because, like, there's been arcs that I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll post the review. And then I end up, you know, rating it below three stars or whatever. So they just ask you to post a blurb instead And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then the blurbs are super long. And I'm just like, hmm, okay. Yeah. See, that's what I, like, I think what I really struggle with is kind of what you touched on, too. Like, people don't read the captions, really. I mean, I don't know how many people that I follow that I even, like, read the captions. And so I've even thought about switching over to do that, like, template thing. Because then it's in the picture. It grabs their eye. 
Mm-hmm. But one of the things I struggle the most with is that I can absolutely love a book. But then when I go in to do the, my review of it on Instagram, I got nothing. Like, nothing's coming to my head. I, because I struggle really hard with giving a review that's not going to include, well, when this character died, I cried my eyes, you know, like, without giving so many spoilers away. Yeah. So that's one thing. I, I just, I really struggle with book reviews. <laughs> and another thing about book reviews is I'm all for seeing very detailed and reviews. I'm okay with that. If people want to read that, that's fine. But I also like it when people just go, are short and simple and straight to the point on what was good, what they didn't like. And so I feel like those kinds of reviews, yeah, they aren't as long, but people can like take their thoughts and like what you said, put them very simple. I was just, I feel like I do what's best for my reviews where I take like the paragraph where I kind of generalize my overall feelings about the book. And then like if people want to see my really specific about how I felt about this character's journey or why I thought the dialogue was trash, they can go into my Goodreads. (laughs) So we kind of touched on this a little bit, but like, I feel like a lot of authors these days, Hallie and I talk about this all the time, authors these days, I just think have so much pressure, like Alex did. I mean, the stuff with the adjectives and stuff, but I feel like representation, people really look for these days. And if you don't have that representation, you're immediately labeled as a book that people shouldn't read because this representation is not in there. And I feel like that's not really fair. Like, I see where they're coming from. But I do feel like there's, like, an immense pressure for authors these days to include, like, every single representation, almost every single, like, trope and that kind of stuff. Because if not, you're getting bashed on book talk by one person and it spreads to all these other people. I think the biggest pressure that people have been to represent is LGBT. I do think it needs to be in there more, but in the way, I'm trying to think how to explain this. So I read The Bone Spindle by Leslie Vetter, and I gave my review of that on um, the MuggleNet book trolley that I loved seeing it represented, but seeing like the LGBT character that was represented wasn't some side character there for comic relief. Like she was one of the main characters. And so I like it being represented in that way. I feel like if you, I feel like with authors having the pressure that they have these days, they're going to include these characters, but then people aren't going to even be satisfied because, Oh, okay. So you included them in the book, but they're a side character. I can't make everybody a main character. (laughs) And I think another reason that people, that authors do that is just so that they'll put these, they'll put these characters in there just for plot reasons so that they don't get yelled at. Yeah. I think a lot of it too, especially with book talk because of how quickly we can kind of get discourse out there now with the For You page and right, you see the video from someone, whoever, like 30 seconds after it's posted. I think the dialogue has ended up in two directions um, because I am, I do go out of my way to read books that have 
uh, certain characters or things that I didn't necessarily read a ton of growing up. And then I think about, huh, why wasn't I reading stuff like that when I was growing up? And then I was like, oh, yeah, because all of the books when I was growing up, it was just all white people and all straight people. Because that's right. That's what the industry wanted. Um, I do think there is a bad case of like lazy representation. And I think it's important to when it comes up to call it out. Um, simply because like you can write in a black character, but there are ways to do it and there are ways not to do it. And unfortunately, we've like gone down that path where a lot of white authors will write in a character of color and do a crap job of it, right? Because they describe them as having, you know, skin based on a food or they fall into really bad stereotypes, which I think is a problem. And it's, I feel like it's difficult to find the healthy medium of not having lazy representation, right? Where it's just included because you think you have to include it or it's included badly. I don't know. It It's a struggle. And I think, and I think it's also like as a white person, you you don't necessarily want to write something that you can't speak to because right that's not very authentic and then you end up with crap um and maybe that's saying something about a lot of the authors out there is they haven't really exposed themselves in their regular lives to different things i don't know maybe like i grew up in a very predominantly mexican area so I'm just like really used to some of these things and I feel like I could write about them decently, but I don't think I ever would attempt because I'm not Mexican. Um, I guess that's pretty much me just saying that like I like to see representation, but I don't like to see lazy representation that's included just because they think they have to put it in now. But I do think it's become very polarized on TikTok so, and I don't know how to get away from that polarization, but I guess that's part of just social media too, right? As things always end up like very far in one direction or the other. Which I think my point with it is the same. Like, I definitely think there needs to be more of it for certain. There's a lot of books out there that just don't have it, but I also don't feel like, I feel like people jump the gun a lot. Where like if it's not represented in this person's book, everyone immediately is just like, well, they just don't like to have that representation. They don't believe in that representation, so they don't want to put it in their book. Whereas maybe they didn't even like, like you said, you wouldn't feel comfortable writing like something something Hispanic because you're not Hispanic, and so some people just don't feel comfortable writing it. And I think with book talk and bookstagram, they've kind of caused that a little bit because people are afraid that, okay, if I include this character, I have to make sure it's perfect because if not, it's going to go viral on book talk that I've included this character, but I didn't care enough to write them better. And I think that's where a lot of issues when it comes to drama with book talk starts. It starts from pretty much from that argument. And it goes back to, like, everyone has different 
tastes. So like somebody might think that this representation is not strong enough, whereas somebody else could say like, no, I think I had great representation. I thought it was. So it's just a, it's people's own personal opinion at that point. It's a lot of two. I think specifically in some genres like fantasy, where people are very heavy handed with one teen representation because it just hasn't been there, right? I mean, most a lot of fantasy stuff has has been very white based, and I don't I don't blame them. Like, and I say this as a white cis woman that's like whatever. I don't like reading about white people all the time. I'm going to be honest. We're kind of boring sometimes. Um, and it it gets it gets boring when like I read the same thing about white straight people over and over and over again. So it's nice to like branch out and I get it from their perspective of they want to be able to see themselves in a character and like you know, see a whole cool fantasy book that features people of color. And I don't blame them. Yeah, I agree. You know, everyone should be able to see themselves in a book or a film. I do think there needs to be more representation with a lot of representation, whether it's race or uh, just, yeah, the whole LGBT, like all that needs to be represented more. I do agree. Because I think it needs to be more of... Like the bone spindle, I think she put a lot of thought into that, which the author is LGBT, but she actually, I do follow her on Instagram, so I think that was one of her main, you know, that was why her character was so heavily represented and why she was a main character and not some side character. So, But, see, she was able to write from a perspective that she understands and she lives and so I think it's just hard for some people to write that perspective when they don't live it or understand it, but yeah. then they feel the pressure to write it. So then it becomes lazy writing. Then it causes TikTok drama and it just, I think it spirals really quickly. Well, maybe the industry and stuff will get further as sensitivity readers become more of a common practice, right? Because you can write a character that may not be something you're, you know, as familiar with as someone who lives that identity. And a sensitivity reader can be like, hey, I think you're falling into, you know, this bad trope or, you know, whatever, and help you correct it in the editing process. You can get good representation that way. Um, but I don't think sensitivity readers are like an ind- a super wide industry thing yet. Um, and I, I obviously don't, know how that would like change the process and stuff but maybe implementing that on more of a large scale could help with a lot of just all of that you know if you have people that when they're editing that's explicitly what they're looking for right because as an editor you you can catch a lot of stuff but like if you're not super familiar with that community or religion or anything you may not catch on that there's like something unsavory there (laughs) Yeah, which, and it goes back, there was an author a couple of years ago, and I can't for the life of me remember her name, but she put out a book, and that was, she got canceled pretty hard core, because somebody had said that their the representation in it wasn't, basically they were telling her she should have undergone, like, a sensitivity situation, and apparently she 
she had come back with a response of like, um, I don't understand why everybody's on me about this. This is something I don't understand. Like she, she came back with like an apology situation, but somebody had said that they were actually a beta reader for her and had told her to fix these things. And she didn't. It kind of th- makes me think of that. Like, there are definitely circumstances where some authors need to take some accountability for stuff. Like, you were told this would be taken badly. You didn't change it. And now you're receiving all this backlash. I don't know. If I... I have semi-written a book. And if I was sending it out to people, it would be hard to hear, like, hey, this really needs to be changed because this was not written well. I mean, that hurts because, like, you put your heart and soul into it. But you do have to think about things of, like, well, how would this be received? Yeah. Well, that's – I read a book for the MuggleNet book trolley where it started with, like, a little author's note that said that they had spoken to their friends that were a part of the communities that they wrote about because they have a Black character and an Asian-American character – I don't remember which Asian ethnicity that character was, um, but that they had like spoken to their friends in that community about writing the character and whatever. Um, But then they still freaking, oh no, is my, okay, you guys are moving again. You guys like froze for a second. I was like, oh crap, did I mess it up? Uh, (laughs) I can't tell what's happening. Um, yeah continuing so she like said she spoke to the community but then one of the lines is about the asian american character saying oh we'll just eat the dog if we can't like get out of this mountain because they're like stuck on a mountain and i was like did you really talk to people in that community because the whole like asians eating dog stereotype is just that like it's not a great stereotype and I feel like if you would actually talk to them they probably would have told you to change that line of dialogue (laughs) like so yeah I I mean I see both sides of things I see us needing to kind of give some grace as a reader but also I think authors need to kind of realize too that you know today's society and with the representation that everybody wants to see, you do kind of have to take it into perspective. I really, I don't really see a lot of drama on Bookstagram. I mainly see it on BookTok. Yeah. Unless it's somebody's real and it's probably come off of TikTok anyway. Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, moving off some less serious topics. Um, so you and I have discussed, like, we do a lot of templates and actual photos And honestly, I don't know if you've noticed, but my feed lately has been slacking and I've kind of gotten off the templates because I couldn't think of anything. And then I just was like, you know what? Fooey. Because some of the favorite bookstagrammers I have, they don't do the checkerboard thing like I was trying to do. They kind of just post templates when they feel the need to post a template. And so I've been trying that out. And... I don't know. I'm trying. To, I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still playing around this. with my bookstagram. But do you find photos or templates easier? Um, I don't know. Cause like I I try not to be template heavy. Um, I try to pepper in the 
real photos of books that I actually have. Um, I find that my templates perform better than my photos, though. Like, where, like the one I did for Valentine's Day about my favorite book, Boyfriends and Husbands, that, like, it did crazy well, as did my, like, recent this or that, like, where I asked people which Allie Hazelwood book was their favorite. Coming up with ideas for them can kind of be a lot sometimes, though. <laughs> um, but also, like, getting pictures of books can also be a lot. I don't have, like, a great photo setup, and that's something I'm trying to change. Like, I have – I use, like, the peel-and-stick contact paper on, like, old boxes so I can make, like, little photo boards. I just got a new – one to use because I've been using the same like white brick one for the last year-ish so I've got a new one to change it up but I guess part of it too is like I'm kind of minimalist in the things that I own so I don't just have like all of this stuff sitting around to turn in two pictures all the time <laughs> like because I love your pictures with all the different flowers and stuff but I can't keep all of that around all the time especially with my cat because my cat will just like tear it all up um I don't know, I'm trying to get better about it I got like a ring light and everything to help with photos and I'm trying to be better like I got I, I actually went through and was like planning out posts for the next two weeks on my Instagram and I'm trying to be really good about when I do get a new book like I got the Illumicrate version of Allie Hazelwood's Loathe to Love You. I've been trying to be better about when the book comes in, getting like pictures and stuff of it to post to be like, look at my new book. See, that's stuff I need to do better at. I think for me, like coming up with the idea for the template is harder. But also when taking photos, I can think of the photo, but setting it up. So like the, the idea behind the caption and the template is really hard, but making the template is easy. <clears throat> Whereas with the photos, coming up with the caption to go with it is easy, but the setting up the photo is hard. Yeah. So I have moved around this whole podcast. I cannot find a comfortable spot to sit in. I'm moving my legs over. It's kind of my um, So one thing I did want to kind of talk about, so we were talking about author pressures, but one author I love to watch on um, TikTok and Instagram. Like, she'll pop up on Instagram, and it's usually TikTok. But um, traditionally published author is Victoria Aveyard. Yes. Because she will post so many tips and tricks and, like, the stuff that her editors give her since she's traditionally published. And, like, this is, like, the format you should use when you're writing a book. You should cover these things. And I love it. I wish more authors did it. Yes. I feel like she's the only one that I've seen that does it. Yeah. And she also talks about like different topics regarding the publishing industry and she all sorts of tricks of the trade. And she's, and what makes it better with her is she's enjoyable to watch when she talks about it. it it's so good. Yeah. Her TikToks are funny when she talks about. Well, cause it's, Going back to Alex Astor, like, Victoria posted a lot of posts that were, you know, Red Queen getting made into a TV show and all this stuff, but 
she also hasn't stuck with that. She's not a one note wonder. She goes on and she'll do stuff that's like regular TikTok sounds. And it's, it's her and the caption will say like me when I'm about to kill off a fan favorite character. And it's just stuff like that. And I love her TikTok. And she's even done like TikToks of like what I do in a day. And yeah, my favorite ones are the ones where she was like, this is how you should structure a book. Um, as a, my recent favorite was the one where she was showing, I was telling Hallie about it, that her editors gave her basically like a cheat sheet of her characters. I was like, that's freaking awesome. So that she remembers sometimes when you're writing something, you tend to forget certain things and be like, did they have this? What color were their eyes? What did they look like? Yeah. Which I guess going into that do you I mean have you seen any other authors that have done that Victoria Aviard is definitely the one that seems to do it the most Laura Taylor Namey does it sometimes but she more sticks to just doing the fun book talk trends like she's leaned into the Selena Haley drama sometimes she'll post about the industry or whatever but typically Laura Taylor Naomi, I like the way her name flows. Um, she leans into TikTok trends. So like she did one about the Selena and Haley and she's like, why are we all talking about Selena and Haley when we should be talking about Flora, which is the character of her book that comes out in September, comes out later this year. Um, so like she leans into trends in that way. And I, I'm pretty sure she did the cute Lightning McQueen one too. Oh, that one's been so cute. I love that trend. What is your thoughts on indie authors? Do you read any, like, a lot of indie authors, or do you tend to read a lot of, like, more... No, I guess not so much in, like, indie author versus traditionally published, but do you tend to read more authors you've seen on TikTok, or do you kind of pick out your own? I think it's kind of 50-50. Um, yeah, because... There's definitely books that have been on my TBR or like got added to my TBR because like I read something else by that author, but I've also discovered authors like Victoria Aviard and and others through TikTok and I've been like, oh, I've been meaning to read one of their books and then, oh, they have funny TikToks and that just like typically reinforces that I want to read one of their books, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think, and I think what's kind of good about book talk in general is that these indie authors can get their works out there and people can read them like for example um I read An Air Comes to Rise by Chloe C. Pinaranda and she's an indie author on TikTok and I read her book and I loved it like it was everything I wanted in a fantasy book and I think what's great about indie authors is it's kind of hit or miss with some of them but there are some out there that are like they're hidden gems. I was trying to look. I know I've got somebody. I'm sure there's somebody on my shelf that like started out, which I have started creating a whole shelf that's just like indie authors or like people I'm friends with on TikTok. So I've got their books because I want to start doing better at that. But I do think mine's probably 50-50 too. Well, yeah. And look at a lot of them like Tessa Bailey and some of them that have like gone from being indie to like signing for trad publishing which i think is really cool um and like olivia blake and some of them 
it's interesting to kind of like watch that happen. But I think it's kind of a bummer that like these are people that probably queried and stuff and were told, oh, no, nobody's going to read your book. And it took them like doing all of the hard work and lifting themselves and like getting popular on TikTok and getting, you know, all of these thousands of five star reviews to like make trad publishing see that their book was worthy. I think that's kind of a bummer that like they had to do all the hard work themselves and then trad publishing is just going to come in and and take the credit. <laughs> Which, Liz, I don't know if you know this, but Alex Astor was turned down by several like publishers and several editors before she finally got her book out. And then, you know, it's being made into a TV show. I did know that by the same people that did Twilight. Yeah, I, I, I just didn't know if you knew that or not. You know, I think I might have. <laughs> What's bad is I, I think... I think I had her blocked on TikTok at one point because I was sick of seeing the videos. And I think I finally unblocked her. <laughs> uh, that was kind of all we had for the discussion. But we do have a small game that we would like to play with you. So we are playing, um, this is, what is it called? Enemy Lover Friend. Yes, Enemy Lover Friend. So it's kind of like um, Bonk, Mary Kill. Um, so we're going to... We have two sets each, so we're going to take turns, but we're asking you, so you get to give your answers. So we're going to give you three people each, and you choose which one you want to be your friend, which one you want to be your lover, and which one you want to be your enemy. So I will go first. So PETA, Gale, or Haymitch? Ooh, okay. Um, I want Haymitch to be my friend. I want PETA to be my lover. And I want Gail to be my enemy. <laughs> and, and that is correct. Good answer. 10 out of 10. Perfect, perfect score. Good answer. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So this next one. Um, so I have Hermione, Ginny, or Dumbledore. All right. This may be controversial. I want Dumbledore to be my enemy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Because I feel like he'll constantly be pushing me. Um, <laughs> I want Hermione to be my friend. And I want Ginny to be my lover. Because I think she'd be the best at my love language. Which is words of affirmation. That was cor correct. Good answer. Good answer. Perfect score on both. <laughs> okay. So staying on the Harry Potter track. Harry. Fred. Luna. I would want Luna to be my friend. I would want Fred to be my lover, and I would want Harry to be my enemy. Yes! <laughs> yes! Correct. Good answer. Good answer. I feel like I could take Harry if we were enemies because he only ever would just attempt to disarm me. Hallie's last one. I don't know if this, I can do it. <laughs> this one's not a book one, but this one's just for you, Liz. Do you want me to say it? I don't know if I can say it. Can the... you say it? <laughs> I have to say it the correct way. If you can't say it, I'll do it. Okay. Oh, no. I'm scared. Okay. Screw it. You do it? Okay. I can't. I can't do it on the fly. Hallie had trouble pronouncing the one name. So, because I told her there's only one way to pronounce these names. And I kept getting it wrong. 
Okay. Clear, Ima, or Riki? <laughs> oh my god, okay. Oh my god, okay. Um, oof. Ooh. Okay. Hmm. I'm glad I rewatched recently. Um, I think I would have... Okay, I think I would have Ricky be my friend, Clear be my lover, and Emma be my enemy. Good answer. So, I think that's kind of all we had for the discussion. So, do you have any last minute things you would like to add for all the listeners? I don't think so, no. This was a fun discussion. Yes. 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 I um yeah thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me it was so nice to meet you yes so fun to like put a face to it thanks so much for coming on I'm glad you could come on and discuss this crazy crazy topic um we would love to have you back sometime if you'd be interested um we're definitely going to eventually do some sort of hunger games analysis so I'll be bringing you back on. Perfect. That gives me even more excuses to do my reread. Yes. Especially if we want to do like a Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, like movie review. Ooh, yeah. So fun. Do you want to shout out your Instagram handle and TikTok handle? Sure. Yeah. Uh, If you are interested in seeing my bookstagram that we talked about, uh, I'm over on Instagram at LizAnnYoung97. And then if you want to see the very few videos I post on TikTok, it's just LizAnnYoung. Because on Instagram, I had to add the numbers because it was taken. Rude. But we'll definitely be putting Liz's uh, handles in the description. So if you guys want to go follow her, definitely do. You're actually probably more active than I am. Um, but yeah, I'm never really sure how to close these things out. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll be talking to you very soon. So, yeah. so, um, thanks to everyone for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Um, and we'll be back next week. Let me see what we're doing. It was, um, oh, oh, so we're doing a chat with a non-reader next week. I am so excited for this episode because the non-reader that is coming on is none other than my sister, Carly. So we hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you next week for a chat with a non-reader. Um, but once again, thanks to Liz for coming on. Really enjoyed today's okay. discussion. Round of applause. Yes. Good answer. Correct. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'll talk to you very soon. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.